Daily DVR is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com, the men's accessories marketplace. Cufflinks.com aims to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each day. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. No minimum. 2020, baby. It's a new year, and every month, Cufflinks has new amazing products, whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Disney, all that great stuff, or the sports stuff, NCAA, NBA, NFL, or, of course, the classic wearable art, the amazing high-quality Hook and Albert Oxen Bull, and, of course, their own Cufflinks.com brand. We encourage you to elevate your look when you get dressed in the morning. It helps to make you feel more confident and create your individual style. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. You can get paid for your love. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does Better Call Saul. My name is Axel, and my co-host, of course, is Ashaya. Ashaya, how are you doing? I'm doing great, even though we only have two more episodes. Yeah, I can't believe it. I mean, you could feel the propulsive nature of this episode. It, it did kind of feel like kind of a penultimate episode, you know? But um, and it. it yeah, it leaves us off too. You know, we're just there. They walk away into the to the desert still. So we're still kind of like, you know, the story continues. But I mean, yeah, there's only two episodes. This season has been amazing. I really have to say, of all the seasons, I think this has definitely been the most energetic season. Mm. Yeah, I can see what you mean. There's a lot going on and it's just kind of moving, you know? Um, but, uh, I should remind you all, you can find out more about us at dvrpodcast.com. You can also become a patron, patreon.com slash DVR. Also check out a Shea on Twitter at Marinese, not at history of com and patreon.com slash history of Westeros. And, um, we are covering Westworld too. If you love Westworld, go check out the Westworld theory cast. I just recorded an episode of that today. But we are now talking about Season 5, Episode 8, Bagman, directed by none other than Vince Gilligan himself. Yeah, and he had a, a bit to say about this. I read an article, um, an interview with him, where he talked about how this episode was the most difficult thing he'd had to film, and that it took the time and resources of two episodes, in fact. Uh, so, yeah, big episode. Yeah, and you can tell. I I mean, I would have to say that this is without a doubt, and I mean, you know, when you look at shows like Mindhunter, I think about Game of Thrones, all that goes into the production, this was one of the most beautiful episodes of television shot-wise and directing-wise cinematography that I've seen maybe ever. I mean, I just think that what in many respects was almost like a bottle episode, right? Like instead of being at like, you know, what, like, you know, the fly in the meth lab there, it's the desert. And mm -hmm. it's, it was just absolutely gorgeous. The shots and my God, I mean, you could tell Vince Gilligan directed this because there were so, there were at least three, four shots that were exact homages to Breaking Bad that l looked exactly sh like famous shots. And it was just absolutely beautiful. Um, and it starts out not only that, I mean, there was so much to it, right? Like it starts mm -hmm. out where we're at this cartel warehouse. These guys are cleaning the blood out of a car. And one guy is like flicking the blood <laughs> on the other dude. And it's kind of distracting. You know, it, it makes fun of what's happening there. All the blood on the seat. You know, you're kind of figuring like, what's going on? Is this like Lalo working on a car again? And um, none other than the Salamanca twins, uh, who we've seen, of course, in Breaking Bad. I think this is their, is this their first appearance? No. In Better Call Saul, they were in it, what, no. once before? Or how, yeah, when? they were in it before. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. With That's right, with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. 
because you know all the Hector stuff. Yes, that's true. Um, but, but no, it, I, as soon as that car rolls up and two doors open simultaneously, you just know it's going to be those those dudes. I think. Yeah, this was great, and I love the way they take the time too to show them walking through the warehouse, everyone looking at them, but you just get that feeling and you pick up again on the kind of cadence that they have and how they're both swinging their arm the same way. And like, (laughs) it's just a lot of TV doesn't take the time to slow it down and just put an extra minute or two of just people walking and you get to kind of see how they feel within a location and they're there to get the money, the $7 million and everything was perfect. The way they had the little bags and then they shake them out at the same time. <laughs> like yeah. everything this was the, great. Yeah. It was just this sheer symmetry of it all. Um, you know, given the two of them, all of these shots from the opening shot, you know, it's a beautiful fitting. Yeah. And we, Did of course, what else the warehouse had in the background? What was it? They had a bunch of fancy cars, okay, yeah, and a bunch of cash, okay, yeah. But they also had a bunch of racks of really, really fancy dresses and furs. Oh, I didn't see that. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't. I, that's I just happened to notice it, like bedazzled dresses and like women's clothing. Eh. Hmm. I guess it was just kind of like a general warehouse, or so, you know. Yeah. Like- yeah. They just kept what? everything there. And I also appreciated, speaking of clothes, that they did take the time to get a nice shot of their boots. When oh, yeah, the boots. That was great. Everything, that, that was just a great scene, and it was really cool to see them. Um, then we jump, and we're just going to take this chronological since the whole thing just flows. Um, yeah, see you know this hint that there is going to be a monkey wrench in jimmy's whole pickup job and then we jump to lalo and jimmy and jimmy being convinced to do it right yeah and it goes from we see the boots to that amazing shot of lalo's feet he's laughing at the newspaper article of Los Polos Hermanos being burnt down, arson suspected. And then Jimmy said, oh, what are you laughing at? But he says, oh, you wouldn't get it. I got to tell you every time, Poyos. Oh, Poyos. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is why I I took five years of French and all I can say is je m'appelle Guillaume. I'm just, I don't know, I just, I'm sorry. I do. And I know I'm doing it too. I like pause, but <laughs> what are you going to do? It happens. It's just like I spent um, the all of Game of Thrones mispronouncing. Um, how, how do you, what do you call um, the, I get uh, the best way, the eunuch, the bald eunuch. Varys. Okay. I called him Varys. A lot of people yeah. do. Okay. I, um, I, but no, Lalo is just laughing about this arson and goes, oh, you wouldn't get it. It was good. And he's just, man, he really, it's been a little bit and he just takes over the screen when he's on. What a great character this season. And um, he's just given Jimmy these obtuse directions and the way it was interesting the way that he wasn't paying attention to him like jimmy is a fast guy you know and Mm. i just thought it was interesting how even from the very start and it ends up where you know like he acts like he's not going to do it but then he asks for the money and it was just i you could almost you could just tell that something was off Because, I mean, this is a guy who does these complex scams and he's just saying, you know, you go down the road, you turn it like this is almost as if he was talking to himself, but he's like, oh, I'm going, you're going too fast. And it's like, he's kind of taking on this role um, Mm. with him and he's nervous, but he does switch it around. And that kind of, did that surprise you? It kind of surprised me. I thought he actually was trying it. I guess I just still want him to be good. (laughs) You know, like. I, didn't- I mean, I think that's what he was doing. I think he was almost to the door. Um, 
but he was enticed. Wow. I I do think that he was trying to be good there. I think he was trying to find some other solution genuinely like, hey, what about your cousins? Which also, by the way, shows he knows them. Um, but he asks about them. He asks about Nacho. And we get that little interesting tiny bit there where I think Lalo is somewhat underestimating Nacho um, right there. Um, just judging him incorrectly on what kind of guy he is, perhaps. But I think he is trying to play it off. It's just Lalo is so good at, you know, doing that. Hello, oh, okay, okay. Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter to me. Your loss. It's okay. And that reels him in. Yeah, it does. I was just a little bit. I don't know. And I, I mean, um, I hope he gets more than a hundred k after all this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Mike, but Mike deserves a hundred k or more for for getting him through it. Yeah, that that they this does eventually turn into something a lot bigger and make it worth the money. Where he thinks he's just going to take a drive, come back, and he'll have a hundred grand. Um, and there's a fantastic cut here because when he says it to a hundred grand, and then Lalo just kind of sits there and then he's like, uh, done. And then we smash cut to Kim putting the key into the door and opening up and coming in. And it's just, it happens so quickly that you don't have time to kind of digest it. And we're already right into Kim and Jimmy talking this out and him eventually being pretty honest with her like way I, I was a surprise at this point but he really is I mean he kind of tells her everything right yeah yeah he does um but at the same time he downplays it all like he tells her what it is she is right she is very rightfully concerned. Like she's very clear. She says, I don't like this. I don't want you to do this. Yeah. They're being honest. Right. You can, amazing acting there, by the way, like you can just feel Kim's desperation, but no, Jimmy's like, you're making too big a deal out of this He's gaslighting her. Eventually he just hugs her close. He just like shuts her up. Yeah. Th- this, she really seemed really shaken and this was a very like subtle explosion to the buildup of getting married and making this like b- trust bond now that he's going to talk to her when he feels like he shouldn't and all this stuff that is really confusing and emotional and doesn't really feel right and then she finally kind of is like, you can't do that. You know, like you're a, you're a lawyer picking up money for a cartel. <laughs> like This is not what you should be doing. And the tears in her eyes and that hug, the way they shoot it, where they show them each on their sides and both of them just don't really believe what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? uh, but I, I, my interpretation there is that I agree with that, uh, for one, but that Kim is so tense, like he's just, you know, forcing the hug on her. Yeah. Basically, I see that there. But also of note, I think, is that Kim even brings up wanting to go with him. And I, I thought that was going to be how it went for a moment there. Yes, that made me nervous. That made me really nervous. I thought she wasn't going to give in on that. And I'm glad that she didn't end up going with him though. We see later on, she can't, she gets herself involved anyway. Um, but yeah, this was a powerful scene and it was quick. It was, you know, she's just laying there looking at some bill on the bed. It was just kind of very casual. Is that, I wonder if that paper is remotely significant, anything. I I don't know. I, I wondered. I had the same thought. I had the same thought that it was, there was some significance to it. Perhaps it will be. I was trying to think of what it could have been. Yeah, check you got. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like yeah. something to do with the marriage or something like that. You know, I yeah, don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then I marked it down 
So it's 17 minutes into the episode, give or take for the intro and little commercials, that they arrive in the desert. And the episode is, I guess it was about an hour and 10 minutes, including mm-hmm. the commercials. So a good episode an hour and 10. I think it was 54. Oh, was it? I thought, okay. Well, I guess what it comes through. Oh, well, you know what? I'm watching on TV. Yeah. So, I'm I'm watching it digitally. Yeah. And so, so if yeah. you figure that, that is about an hour and 10 because it's usually 20 minutes, approximately 18 to 20 minutes per hour. So mm. that's a long episode. You know, that is like a HBO style. That's yeah, a longer episode, yeah. which yeah, they have been. Yeah, they have been doing that a bit this year where they're going over. Almost every episode is over an hour. Hmm. Um, By the way, just real quick in that Jimmy and Kim scene, uh, I I took note that she walks through the door and he's taking a shower. He's feeling dirty, right? Yeah. From the deal he just made. I just think that that was significant and also notable is that Jimmy says he's making fajitas with strip steak. And that's an example of one of those times the writers give a character an error on purpose. It's supposed to be skirt steak, but Jimmy doesn't cook that often. He doesn't know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you picked that up. That's great. And you're right about I the shower. And I was like, oh, that oh, okay. is a nice detail. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. That is, yeah, I like, you know, that is, man, that's so cool. You know, because they take the chance to do that, and especially on a show like this where people do have the tendency to kind of pick it apart, being that it's so like clockwork, like Mm -hmm. picking up from Breaking Bad. So I like that they do that, and it does show you something about him. And he, and and it's, it's, it says something about him too, because I mean, he's a con man, right? So he's just going to say what he says, he's still going to sell it. You know, it's like, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this was a cool scene. And then, and like I said, 17 minutes in, Jimmy's in the desert. He's sitting there. His We've got old that ass car. Opening shot, right? That, that style that they have where they show you something like in macro that you don't know the context for immediately. It's that like hole in the ground. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Because we don't see... So much, it's cool that Lalo explains so much how to get there, right? That it almost makes you feel like they're setting us up for him to be like driving and miss the turn, but yeah, he's there. We open right up and he's there mm-hmm. and it gives you a false sense of security. Oh, this is going to go okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and he keeps on practicing. And now I'm going to try here. Yo soy abogado. Yeah, there you go. There Yo soy abogado. Yeah. Soy abogado. And of I'm course, an attorney. <laughs> of course, the twins don't say anything. Just yeah, staring. no, of course. But before they get there, immediately I had alarm bells ringing if I didn't already, based on, you know, the warehouse runner's uh, phone call. But his Jimmy. It just wastes water in the desert on his shoe to get this tiny bit of dirt off. Like, even though we know they're going to get way, way dirtier, like really bad. And I think that is also symbolic of Jimmy himself. You know, he's like trying to get rid of this little, little, uh, bit of, of criminality on him, but he's just getting swept up in it. It's, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Trying to get rid of dirt in a desert. Yeah. It's just, it was ridiculous to me. And <laughs> you needed that water so badly later. Oh. Yeah. There, this was just an, such a fantastically directed episode. I mean, Vince really did kind of pull out all the stops with all the different things that they do on this show and kind of brought them all back. Um, and the, the, the kind of wideness that they're able to shoot in the desert, they take full advantage of it. And especially in this scene as he's driving away and, you know, you, you think that, uh, everything's going to be okay, but then someone pulls up behind him and then another, then another, and then two in the front and they do a nice pullback. So you can kind of see what's happening on this, 
on this kind of hill, this winding hill. Um, and this really took me by surprise. I, I still don't know. Who do you think these guys were? Um, just people that are somewhat competitors to the cartel. I mean, I, it's not like you could imagine that Gus Fring and the cartel are the only people, you know, doing crime, willing to fight them. True. I think they're not a, a new entity. Just again, because they are, there aren't just those two organizations, I guess. Yeah. But um, I mean, I will find out. I imagine, but I don't. I don't think they're someone that we know about. And also, it it seems weird that like, wouldn't you think the cousins should escort Jimmy like part way? Just just follow him. It's easy enough to do that for a while. Yeah, that's uh, what I didn't. You know. I mean, so much goes on in this show where I'm kind of thinking about it later. I mean, obviously we do the podcast about it, but I was at first, I thought um, that maybe it was near like a border or something. And then they, they couldn't, they were just, they didn't want to go this far. Yeah, that far. I mean, he did say he was going down by the border. Um, Seems like they could have made it the thirty miles out of that like really yeah. dangerous area, but um, where he could just get taken. Like once he's on a main road, it's a lot harder for them to get him. Yeah, uh, true. But that's why. All, so what I thought is, I thought it was going to be one of these deals that you see in movies all the time, where they do the handoff and then the bag man, the courier, start you know walks away, gets away from them gets accosted by someone else, but really it's the same side. They just didn't want to do the exchange, right? And take the chance of doing the exchange and then they take it later. So when they pull him out of the car and man, he turns up the, I mean, the act, this just, I I mean, the acting in this episode was amazing and the fear that's in his eyes. But when they pull him out and then they pull the money out, I thought the dude was going to take a hundred K out throw it at him and then take the bags and go off. Like they were kind of surprised me. (laughs) Yeah. I just, yeah, that would have very much surprised me. I, me too, but I just had seen it before. You know what I mean? Like you've seen it in movies before where they kind of just don't want to do the, that initial exchange. They're just like kind of, I guess, divvying up the risk that they're taking, but yeah. with all those cars and everything, then I was like, wait, yeah, that can't be what's happening. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that would be the case. I've never seen that, by the way, but with that many cars, it definitely doesn't seem like that would be the case. Yeah, no, no. So I do think it was, you know, like a third party or something. And I wonder what, who, what was it? Was it something? I mean, it couldn't be anything. I mean, Mike was there. There's, it doesn't benefit Gus for it to go down that no, way. No, I don't think it's Gus. It's not the cartel. I think it's just someone. I mean, within the cartel, there's people that are fighting against yeah. the cartel. People who are trying to, to get power. So, True. you know. True. Uh, someone we haven't met yet is what I think. That's but no, um, to your point about acting, and I just some of it, a lot of it is that directing, you know, they just did this really great job at putting us in Jimmy's shoes, seeing things from his perspective, uh, which in movies and TV shows, we see a lot of action, you know, but you really see it from fresh eyes. I feel like in this scene about how he just has not experienced anything close to this. Yeah, definitely. And that, I mean, that's so much of this season where we're, where he's becoming the Saul we knew in Breaking Bad and would be like kind of, I mean, not totally easy in these situations, but you could tell that he had been in them before, you know? Yeah. And I, I think here a couple things, one that, you know, when it's all going on, once a bunch of them are dead, Jimmy picks up a gun, but it's like, he realizes that he can't bring himself to actually use it. Um, but also I was wondering, Walter in Breaking Bad, he kind of had this slow slide into things where he got to get used to one death and then it may be another and kind of deal with that. Jimmy, like, just 
dives right into it basically. And so I don't think we ever saw Walter White anywhere near this emotionally traumatized by something. No, you're right. Not, not so, not so early on. And there's a, there's a visual call back here to the beginning of the episode when the guy is flicking the blood at the other guy. And then mm. when they're just about to shoot Jimmy and then the guy gets capped by Mike from behind and the blood goes onto his shirt. And I was mm. like, that is the same they, It was like a continuation. Like it's coming from there. They like, it's fl- like the dirt. And also it was like the dirt on his shoe. It gets back on him. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like you can't yeah. help it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, basically exactly that. <laughs> and for a second, I almost thought they were actually going to shoot him. Yeah, I was, I mean, obviously they weren't going to shoot him in in the head because we know he, he lived, but I was like, <laughs> maybe he'll move his arm down and be like, yeah, I'm going to shoot you in the leg or something so you can't get away easily. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I wasn't sure who I, I, it makes sense in retrospect that of course that Mike uh, could be trailing Jimmy and all that. And, and when it is revealed after this awesome shootout, which again is shot, it's so expansive and then it gets so tight and they ju- it was just really staged so well and believably. Um, the one dude in the red truck gets away. We was, he was hiding. And of course it's Mike that did it. And I know in my house, I just screamed out, yes, Mike. <laughs> and I guess in the back of my head, I kind of felt like it was Mike. Mm. Mhm. Did you? Uh no. No. I I mean, no. Okay. I he came went, went the first time we saw someone come up with their gloves on, they had gloves on. And I was like, is it Mike? At first I thought it was someone with dark skin because it had dark, you know, black gloves. I couldn't tell they were gloves at first. Yeah, I thought I I kind of thought in the back of my head. I guess you just become like someone. It just seemed kind of surgical, and I was like, "That just man, it's got to be Mike helping him." And just I, yeah, I just kind of wanted the reunion. The amount of people shot. I thought it was multiple people. I guess really, I didn't think it was just anyone. I, I would have guessed Mike and his team or something. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, but it would have been kind of cool if he brought out Nacho, but that would have been too dangerous. I th- he wouldn't have brought Nacho. He could have brought Victor and Tyrus. Yeah. Those are his guys. Victor and Tyrus. That, I think he, he said that to Nacho. He's like, I'll be your guy. Uh, he's like, I got a guy. <laughs> I got a guy. And they did yeah. a great job of um, showing, you know, Mike's car is shot. We just get like a long view. And then that's when we kind of realize he walks up to him and he's like, you know, you're in shock. You just sit here. He goes about kind of checking the situation, sees that his car is shot. And that's when, you know, I think the audience, I know I did at the same time, you make the realization all these cars are shot up. They have no way out yeah, of here. You it happen. You see tire after tire yeah. after tire get shot. It was really yeah. cool the way they did that because it was like you're saying, you can kind of pick that up. They use the images to communicate that. And then you just knew what the situation was. And then they really go when they're, when they eventually get into Jimmy's car and Jimmy's car starts but you have a feeling they're going to get stuck. And I had no idea. Like I have no, I don't even read what happens, like the little preview. Uh, on the, I mean, the, we saw the, the bullet, we saw the bullet hole in the, in the yeah. Um, uh, hood. Yeah. Mike and Mike looked at it too. Yeah. But what else is he going to do, but try to get out, I guess. Yeah. But although it actually, yeah, it seemed like, I mean, I was wondering if he actually saw it, like if the angle was such that we could see it and that he could, like, I don't know. I don't sit up in the driver's seat that often to be able to tell if you, I guess you could. Well, you can see his eyes. Cause I was looking, uh, you know, because I'm sitting there thinking, okay, now they got this car, but that car has got bullet holes in it too. And then they shoot it from that angle. And he, at, once he starts it up, 
he kind of looks a little bit under, you know, to try, I mean, even maybe to see if like smoke was, or like you'd look at where something's broken, even if that's not exactly what's broken. So I kind of got that feeling like, how long is this really going to last? I just, once they were in that desert and like the famous Breaking Bad episode, when the uh, van breaks down, mm-hmm. um, uh, the trailer thing, I, I yeah. kind of felt like, I just felt like, damn, they are going to get stuck in this desert. Mm-hmm. And of course they did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, during their little drive there, Mike is trying to help Jimmy get out of shock and you can really see that he does care and he feels for him and tells him he'll be okay. And then the car stops working. I don't, we don't know how far they got car stops working and they're like, Mike wants to get rid of it, but he takes the gas cap on. And I wanted to ask you a question about that. Do you, did you have any thoughts on why he would do that? At first, I thought he was going to blow up the the car or something, but there was nothing there. He just took the gas cap. That's what I thought too. Um, I have no idea. I I I actually forgot about that, but I do remember when he did it. I thought he was going to do the old thing where you shove like a shirt in there and light it on fire. Yeah, but he did not do that. Maybe does it? Is that? I mean, the gas isn't going to come out because there's always a protector. There's like a little thing that pops up, you know. So it's not like it was actually open. But yeah, and what can you use a gas cap for? Because he took it. He put it in the bag. If you take note, he took it and put it in the bag with the money. He did. You're right. I wonder why. Is there... I was... I tried to take note later when he had the... I just... I knew it was unlikely, but he had that little cup he felt he used the moss to get to get uh, water with, and obviously he wouldn't want to drink gas, but it was not that. That was the only thing that was in the episode that was at all similar. Is... If now, if they took the license plate off and he either like scratched the VIN off or it didn't have a VIN or something, can you trace a car by its? I mean, it doesn't it have all of the stuff in his glove compartment that says who he is? <laughs> like, I mean, there's documents in there. There's st- stuff like that. That like, this is, you know, Saul Goodman or James McGill. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess we can assume that they reported stolen and say, you know, something, something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I maybe he take took that stuff out and then he just left it because he was holding. You know what? I will say this. I was thinking about that too. Is he going to take stuff out of the car? What did he leave in the car? And because I think we kind of have like an attachment to that dumb car. And I yeah. was kind of like, what else is in there? If my car, I remember I, I um, totaled a car and the cops came and they were, and you know, I got an accident, whatever, everything was okay. No one was hurt. And then the car was going to get towed away. And one cop said to me, he goes, you know, you totaled that car. You're never going to see it again. As no, soon as man. it gets to the, uh, where they're taking it, they're just going to pull everything out of it. So you better go grab what you want out of that car. And I was like, oh, thanks. And I started, you know, just grab and put things in a bag. And it did look like he was holding something else, like a little bag that I, I don't know, but I don't, eventually, I don't know what that happened, that it got stuffed in with the money or something. But I thought that too, but then eventually he just goes and runs and tries to get the world's greatest lawyer mug. Yeah, that was sad that his uh, mug from Kim, his mm-hmm. replacement mug from Kim was shot. Very disappointing. You can just tell Mike gets the significance of it. Yeah, definitely. And they play with that too, because later on it's the Davis and Maine water bottle that he's chugging yeah. piss out of. Yeah. That's so funny that it was Davis and Maine. Right. So they really, they did, that was awesome too. But I guess also with the car gone, this, this kind of paves the way for Jimmy to get a fancy new car. Yeah. With that, uh, sweet hundred K or more than hundred K he's going to get, <laughs> but yeah, I'm expecting he's gonna, he's going to get a nice new car. Taking a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year and we're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser 
and you will arrive and you will be amazed, happy, surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, hey, I don't have an informal event coming up. You know, I'm not into cufflinks. But guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of Star Wars socks that they sent me. Cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Hey, everybody, I've got an exciting announcement. Our very own Heath Santazo, a.k.a. Heath Solo, who you know is a great actor, has been writing a screenplay and is now producing his first feature film, The Star City Murders. A team of detectives are tracking down a serial killer, but his methods are like nothing law enforcement has ever seen. It's a race against time before more victims are claimed. The Star City Murders. You can be a big part of this project and become a backer. Just go to cefilms.com for all the information on the film and how to donate, or go to kickstarter.com and search The Star City Murders. And also, if you look in the show notes or at dvrpodcast.com, all the links are there for you. There are many great rewards for donating, including a tier where you get an exclusive behind-the-scene podcast hosted by me, Axel Foley. That's right. Let's help get Solo make this movie, all right? Go out there and donate $5, $10, whatever you can give. Let's make sure that Solo gets this done. And also, all the Patreon funds coming to DVR Podcast are going to this Kickstarter because we believe in Solo. This is going to be an awesome movie, and we want to be a part of it. So head on over to CE Films today. The Star City Murders, baby. Let's find the killer. Yep. And then this kind of brings us to pretty much what the rest of the episode is, which is Jimmy and Mike trekking through the desert um, and the guy in the red truck following them. And the way that they do this is just amazing. Um, You know, the first thing we get is them kind of just hanging out underneath this really cool tree, which seemed to have like a bend in it. And when Jimmy was arguing with him, he's like, I'll remember this tree. I was like, maybe he will. That was kind of a cool tree. I liked, uh, there's a little bit of humor there in general. I liked uh, Jimmy bemoaning there was no thousand dollar bill. It's like, this would be a lot lighter if there was a thousand dollar bill. (laughs) And it was great the way Mike doesn't even say to him, like, carry the bags. He just starts walking off. Uh, You know, that kind of bothered me, by the way. Why won't Mike take turns? Clearly, Jimmy is, it's just ragging on him. Can't they each take one bag, like, just for a little while? I don't know. Rub me the wrong way for for sure. Mike even had a nice hat, like he was dressed for it. I don't know. I, You know what? I can't disagree with you because Mike is such a smart dude that, you know, logically it would be better for them both to make it, right? And not, I mean, because if Jimmy goes down, Mike's going to have to carry the bags or something. Yeah. I mean, so you might as well help him out and kind of lighten the load. But it's Mike and he's just like, you got yourself into it. Get yourself out. <laughs> Even though Mike helped get him into it, yeah, uh, to be fair. That uh, is true. You know, there was some uh, good humor besides those things we mentioned. I, I think we, yeah, we skipped right past it, but uh, there was also that scene in the car um, before everything goes down where uh, Jimmy's singing, you know, take $1, pass it a roller. <laughs> pass it for luck. <laughs> Anyways, I can't move on without pointing that out. Yeah, that is true. They just, they just do a great job of, you know, tossing in little bits of humor, even though they're walking the desert, dying, and just, just uh, looking worse and worse. I was pained. I was... I was uncomfortable by how much Jimmy's appearance kept degrading as his lips got more chapped and, uh, yes, I do not like the heat. Um, I, you know, part of the reason why I wanted, uh, my wife and I both want to move out here to the Pacific Northwest is because it's colder 
And I, this is like my worst nightmare being in a desert, nothing to even hide the sun. Um, Yeah, this was pretty bad. And you could see too that, you know, I guess if you live out there, you have that fear. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's nor like the idea of you could get trapped out there is probably drummed into you. From yeah, a young I mean, age. one guy had a one guy had a very big jug of water yep. in his car. He knew. Yeah, you get prepared, right? <laughs> um, yeah, they had as they walked just some really gorgeous time lapses that were honestly a little trippy because you know there was that one where the light and the clouds and all that is changing and changing, but they're not walking nearly that fast. Yes. And, and I wonder, I did not have a chance to listen to the insider pod, but I have a feeling I don't, I think they did that old style in camera where they just took the shot of them walking, left the camera there, picked up, that same that motion yeah. of the clouds and then ran it over it and like just like kind of dissolved it over it and I, i'm yeah. pretty sure that's what they did i don't know that that's special effects i'd have to actually yeah, listen yeah. to it but that makes sense that that would work yeah, um, and that's a breaking bad you know that's i think there would have to be, need to be some of it. I think there's some uh, shadow and different effect on them as they're walking too. But. Oh, yeah. I have to take a look but. at it, but it was beautiful. You're absolutely right. And it was so wide. Mm-hmm. You know? I think it was uh, significant plot-wise too. I mean, it's communicating to you how they how it feels in that mm-hmm. moment that you're walking so so little and so much time is passing, you know, it's just never ending. Yep. Much like quarantine, baby, but back to the show. Um, <laughs> now they kind of, they, um, after they have that conversation where Jimmy's trying to dig a hole, let's bury, I was thinking of that too. Just bury the money and GPS it or something or, <laughs> um, and that happened, right? That's what happens in breaking bad. Remember like yeah, at the end, exactly nice that they did that call forward yeah. Call back. <laughs> yeah right it's true that's even trippier um and then they so they they he tries digging the hole he can't do it that whole thing was great then they see the truck and they gotta get moving get off the road keep going and they eventually kind of set up camp in this little overhang this little kind of dugout area and but before they do that mike takes like a, a, a like a little white canister that looks like almost dog food or like some survival little thing like this plastic bowl puts a poncho over it and then puts a bunch of rocks around it later on he takes the poncho off and he's tra- and he's looking at it and there's not much water but i think what he was trying to do is moss in there to be clear he also puts moss in oh okay and he was trying to catch the condensation right yeah, yeah, exactly. He's getting the moisture and all that out of the moss. Oh, good but he, point. You know, a decent amount. Like, I mean, it was more than I thought he would. Yeah, I thought it was cool. It's just another little mic thing. Yeah, yeah, and it was a very neat trick, very useful. I want to say, I think one of my favorite uh, sh- visual shots uh, at in general, maybe across the whole show is that close up of the glow sticks. Mm. Yeah, but there's like it's a very quick shot, like only a few frames, but it's the reflection of them in Mike's eyes. It was just stunning, just a beautiful shot. Yeah. This was this whole conversation that they have by glow stick was really beautifully sh- I mean, like you're saying, beautifully shot. But it was also pretty deep. I mean, it did not a lot of dialogue in this episode, but this conversation here where Jimmy basically tells him, hey, I told Kim about this. And then Mike starts talking, oh, you know, people get scared. Call the cops. It's pretty standard. You know, you what are you doing? And then eventually it's just Mike saying she's in the game now. Yeah. Especially now that she has talked to Lalo. But also, Jimmy and Kim both got to tell someone that they got married in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. 
right. Not a lot of love between them this episode, but yeah, I wonder. Do you think Mike or Lalo will send them a wedding gift? <laughs> yeah, he did say, "You married? Oh, your wife." Um, but congratulations. That, yeah, but that became yeah. meaningful later on, right? When he's talking yeah. about why he survives. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when he tells him that, he's like, "Well, that's why Jimmy survives for that one person, Kim." That's truly is all he really has that he's living for uh, is what you realize there. Uh, but also in this scene, we see our introduction to that foil, that like static foil, whatever, whatever it is exactly. And just that shot, you can just see if, if you go back, if you weren't paying attention to the pain on Jimmy's face, when he sees it, it's just really well acted as well. And he just refuses the foil, even though he's going to be very cold because you and you can tell that he's haunted by memories of Chuck. Mm, yeah. Oh, you're right. Oh my God! How did I forget that? As soon as you say that, I saw Chuck wrapping it around himself. Yeah, I mean, think about the end with Jimmy like running out. You know, when you think about Chuck running out to get the the mail from the mailbox and the pain and the burning of everything. Yeah, it was had to make Jimmy. Yeah, it was just made it even worse for him to think of Chuck. That was great. You know, I actually have one of those things after nine eleven. What's that? What are they called? I don't know. I could actually, I could, I could pause the podcast and go into my closet and try to find it. It's behind <laughs> me. <laughs> sure, it's very loud. But um, it is, yeah. Though I, I after nine eleven, I think my dad gave me like some survival things, and he was like, "Here, take this." And I was like, "What?" In case I'm like stuck on the street in New York overnight. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I think I'm going to be okay, but I still had it in my backpack. It just goes to show. Um, yeah, it can be very useful, clearly. And as you mentioned, this conversation with uh, Mike and Jimmy about Kim transitions. The next scene is Kim going to the jail and meeting with Mr. Salamanca. Yeah, Mr. Guzman in this case, but uh, but no, she lies even and says she's part of Lalo's legal team. She reveals that she's Saul's wife. You know, she puts off, she puts a lot out there. And I genuinely thought, I don't know where you, what you were thinking, but I genuinely thought that Kim might be sent off in search of Jimmy and that we were about to see, you know, her driving off into this potentially dangerous situation. <laughs> so, so did I. And the weird thing about this scene is nothing happens. She just says to him, that they're miss, you know, we have the same thing in common. We both want to find him. He's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he gets up and leaves. Yeah, I mean, he has more information and she knows more of what kind of guy he is. But also it kind of ends on a weird moment because he's, you know, being locked back up. He's about leaving the room. She's standing there, but they haven't actually parted ways. At that, like at the ending of the scene. Yeah. Well, I think so that I, that. You wonder if more happens after that. Yeah. It's it. It. I want. I, I thought that too. Is it that more happens? <clears throat> excuse me. Or that it's just so awkward that it was just so wrong. It just nothing went right there that to kind of cut at that point. And the way it just kind of transitions out, because I rewound it. And I was like, did I miss something? This scene just like, eh, it, it's so abrupt and awkward. There's no, uh, there's there's nothing that's decided from this scene. We don't, we really just know now that Lalo knows about Kim and that Kim knows stuff that she shouldn't really know. And like Mike said, she's in the game now. Mm-hmm. And this is well, kind of devastating. <laughs> Born survivor. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Born survivor. I, I liked uh, Lalo when he teased her, right? A little bit. I mean, he just, he really does have just such a charisma about him and a, a pleasant humor at times. But he goes, You're his wife and you love him. It just was like a little kid, you know, teasing someone. Yeah. You love him. But there's a menace behind that too, right? Like now I know a weakness. Now I know a connection of you. I'm kind of pointing that out. And yeah. that's the way it made me feel like this is not, this was a terrible fucking thing for Kim to do. 
She shouldn't have mentioned the cops one time, and she did. Oh. Like yeah. she mentioned them. She's like, blah, blah, "If you do this, if you if he's not back, I will call the cops." I'm like, eh. Yeah, that was not good. I really, you know, this is obviously we've been talking the whole season about what's going to happen to Kim. How deep is Kim going to get into it? And it's one thing for her to know stuff, but it's another thing for her to go and freaking visit Lalo in jail and bust out with everything she knows and who she is. It's just, it's so, it puts her in such a bad position. Um, I really am now I am do get worried about her and what kind of, how she gets involved in it too, because you got to think that Lalo, if he can, he's just going to use whatever information he gets about Jimmy or her to his advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still team. She's not dying, though. Oh, I, yeah. I hope. So. I, I. I mean, I'm not feeling that, but I'm just. It's just worrisome. Like the dam really broke in this episode with that scene with her and Jimmy, and then this too. Um, and it was just it was the way it abruptly ends. Like you say, it's almost like it's saying to you, you haven't seen the last of this. You know, yeah. Lalo's not going to forget that this happened. And now she's getting into it. Um, then we get one of the great mod. This is really the montage of the episode of Mike and Jimmy going through the desert, Jimmy saving the pee and the bottle. And this song, which I looked up is called I got the, and it's by an artist named lobby Sifri. Um, but people probably recognize that Eminem sampled it for my name is my name yeah. is yeah <laughs> slim shady mm-hmm. and they get no shade yeah. but they're in a yeah. desert get it slim shady yeah you know i did love that whole crossfade montage with the music it was very very well done just the visual of the heat waves in the air and all that uh but uh i instantly knew as soon as you see Jimmy's new dragging method, like this is not good. It's not good. Look at those rocks. Like it, it's very clear. I mean, it is good for him to switch it up the position. That'll make it easier, but he's like, uh, it's a terrible idea to drag them. Yeah. It, that whole thing. Of course. It is. It's the, and Mike's like, Thing. Yeah, that's not gonna work. And then he just he he, but that's Jimmy. He even that he takes that first step, and he knows immediately it's not working. But he keeps on doing it, and not I only mean, it works. Well, I don't think so because you're exerting so much more energy to pull like that. You're putting your whole body into it, whereas you can just kind of make your arms numb. And and just like kind of carry something, and it's killing your shoulders and everything. But I think you're just exp- you're like using your hips, your leg. He's just his shoulders too. It was just yeah. I've always I, been team switch it up, even if it's just like okay, I'm gonna drag it this way for you know twenty minutes of my walk, <laughs> and just not always you know be holding it on my shoulders. Yeah. Well, there was actually, I mean, in the end, there's probably no right way to do it. Right. And really it's irrelevant. Any money lost from that bag, Gus can just replace it, you know, out of his personal funds. Yeah. But it was also gone. It was also, um, just so Mike the way that, and the, and I love the way that they take the time to show it how Jimmy's off running, getting the hundred dollar bills and Mike opens up the bag, finds the license plate, puts it. So it covers the hole. He just got to solve, right? Like you just see the way Jimmy's in pain. He's struggling. He's, you know, he's confused. He doesn't know what to do, but Mike just sticks to the plan. We're going to keep on doing it. We're going to do it right. We got a hole in the bag. We fixed the hole in the bag. I mean, it looked like he was saying he was looking at how the the license plate was the issue. That's what had caused the hole, like that hitting the rocks in the ground was how I interpreted that he was holding it to there, you know, to uh, see if that was what did it. Oh, interesting! I could see that. I could see that. I, either way, it's oh. just cool that they showed that, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
Like regardless, I just love that they take the time to show that. And I think that it, it connects because this is when Mike gives the really awesome speech about why you want to know why I am surviving, why I'm still doing this. And I think that that that's Jimmy's thing. Like the slipping isn't just about, you know, being a con man and doing things illegal. The slipping is also when you get into whatever situation you're in, you have to see it through. You know, you can't bag it and he's the bag man, but you can't bag Like, I don't know if they use that. Do they use that term out where you're from? I know out in Jersey and New York, you know, can't bag it. Yeah. No, I don't know that. Oh, term. okay. So bag it means to just give up like you're bagging it. Like if, if we were playing a sport and somebody wasn't really playing, you know, mm-hmm. you would say like, you're freaking bagging it, man. Come on, okay. move your ass. Interesting. So not one. Yeah, it has that kind of secondary thing, but that kind of says about Jimmy, like he can't even, he can't even die in the desert, right? Mm -hmm. But then he does, right? The speech kind of works. And when the guy comes back, Jimmy, I thought Mike was, I honestly, what ended up happening with Jimmy using himself as bait, I thought that Mike was going to go tell him to do that. Like when he got the gun, I thought Mike was just going to be like, all right, go run out there and I'm going to take him out. But it was I mean, Jimmy did that Mike did it. Even go to the gun. Oh yeah. I guess he went to the gun before yes. that. It's- yeah. Mike went okay. to the gun first and he told him to stay down. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Stay low or whatever. Uh, yeah. When Jimmy does it though, it's like he could have, given mike a heads up like they could have planned together this whole reason for not to be like hey let's do it like this um so true but i love that one shot of mike's eye in the scope of the gun you know you can see his eyelashes blinking it's a very you know micro macro shot of mac of mike <laughs> yeah this whole thing was great and i mean they just every time they had a chance to to find a great location, they found it. It just worked perfectly. It was the way they were able to pull out and just show exactly what's happening. Here's Mike. Here's Jimmy. Here's the truck. It's the same way they were able to show the the initial um, uh, surprise attack on Jimmy and the way they were able to show like. Uh, when Mike took the guys out, you get a huge wide shot. You can count the number of dead guys on the ground and the cars. It just shooting in that desert really affords you. It remind me of what I always say, the difference of why Lost kind of became a huge premiere show. And I always said a lot of it had to do with the fact that they were shooting in places in Hawaii where they could actually do a wide shot. And you don't see that a lot in television. They keep things close and the the wide shot is saved for an establishing shot. Here's the building where people are. Here's the house people are in. Um, mm-hmm. Right. But this way yeah. they're using it to show everything that that is happening with all the characters. And you could just easily understand wh- where the car was coming. There was Jimmy. There was Mike. And th- the way that they did it. And Mike, the first shot misses, and then this, and then the car just crashes behind him. Now you can tell when the car is first starting to come at him and crash, they're able to fake the angle so it looks like he's directly behind it. But then you mm-hmm. can, and they, and they kind of cheat him a little bit back. But you can tell he was a little bit more off to the side. And they were just widening it out. But that was just an amazing shot. And that car got fucked up again. I was hoping Mike could take them out. (laughs) I think we were both hoping that they could get that car. But no. And then I was, I thought there was some hope that he would have water. And clearly Mike thought about that. And it had been shot. But like, there was a little tiny bit of water in it. I, I would totally have been licking that bottle clean. Yeah. Yeah. Like, definitely. Tiny, I, I couldn't believe he just tossed it down. There was definitely a little bit, a little bit. Um, but to speak to what you were saying about the wide shots, um, unsurprisingly, Vince Gilligan talked a lot about how this episode was their Lawrence of Arabia mm-hmm. episode. 
Um, and he said that they even considered renting out the actual lens used for it, but they were too worried they would break it. That's awesome. And they make yeah. Jimmy look like him too in a couple yeah, of shots. With that white uh, head, I, I don't know. Was that his undershirt? I guess of his jacket. I, I wasn't quite not a jacket, but his long sleeve shirt. I guess he wears a white undershirt. Yeah, I think it I was. Think. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, with that around his head. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, this whole thing was awesome. The car going, just just turning, and the practical effects. Right, just real mm -hmm. stuff. You see it turning around and around, and you just get a couple of really beautiful shots here. You know, after Mike goes and checks it out and sees the water and everything, and then we get we go back to Jimmy and he's still standing there, and then Jimmy walks off and Mike is right behind him. Well, he drinks the best first. <laughs> oh, is that when he's taking, is he drinking the piss that we, I just, yeah. the shot itself kind of is just what sticks he with me. He drinks it and then, then he goes off. It's, he's like, oh, well, I, I'm in it. I have to, I, I'm trying to survive. Yeah. But it was just so beautiful the way Mike is like hiding behind him. And I know there's two, two of the breaking bad shots are in here too, because they do the shot between the legs when the truck is coming. And that's like the same yeah. shot of Walter. Mm. You don't remember when he was in the desert and had the underwear on and the thing oh, around yeah. his head and the famous yeah. shot of like the shot up yeah. between his legs. And they do the same shot there with Jimmy. And then just moments after they did a shot once where Walter White is standing like that. And then he walks out and Jesse's right behind him. And you didn't know that. And he's obscuring him. So it's like they're just playing so much with the mirrors here. It just, it was, it was freaking awesome. And uh, I, we just end, they walk off, they leave the poncho too. Mike just kicks yeah. it. <laughs> I know. I, I'm glad you pointed that out. I, I was wondering why he would just leave it other than they're hopeful that they're almost done with this. <laughs> That's the feeling that I got is that what do you think we're going to see? Is it going to be the kind of thing five minutes into the episode it's dealt with? Do you think it'll be, uh, you know, a little bit longer? I think they'll just be back. I think it was, it was, okay. yeah. I see. I think it was about the road. I think that the reason why they were so, it was taking so long and they were so messed up is because they had to traverse the open terrain and get off the road where the truck was. And now that he feels he that the truck. A rounded way, sort of a straight, they had to round out, yeah. I suppose, as well. But I'm still not clear on how many miles they are. Um, cause they, had to, they had to traverse 30 miles. We know that to get to the main road. Yeah. And that's that. But, but if you were if, highway road where they could conceivably have service and find someone. And that's why I think it was, that's why I think Mike wasn't maybe, you know, scarfing down. Maybe it just, they seem to relax more and why the poncho, I mean, thematically it could just mean in a sense, it's letting go of that in Jimmy too, like letting go of that fear, like you're talking about with Chuck, right? That makes sense, like letting the poncho go. Um, but I think it also just speaks to the fact that Mike felt like they were out of danger now, that they were going to get to the main road. This guy wasn't following them and they were out of danger now. Yeah, I see. So, but I guess we'll see. I kind of feel like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we pick up next episode and they're trudging through the desert, but I kind of feel like we're going to pick up where they have already gotten back. Mm. Yeah, I would like to see them having gotten back and Mike and Jimmy are, you know, they have to go recover and do what they need to do to get presentable. Like, it's not like Jimmy can go into the, the, uh, courthouse looking like he does. Uh, clearly they have to go and he has to change his clothes and not look like he's been out in the desert for two days, you know, yeah. uh, put on some, some Vaseline on his lips or something. That's interesting because you know what, when you do something like that, right. And you think about they're in the writer's room. You have to think to yourself, okay, is he going to look like this for the next two episodes? Or are we going to yeah, jump? Yeah, he's going to be burned. Yeah. Tanned 
burned. But you could also see Jimmy like going into court and he's got a suit on, but he looks all messed up. And he's like, I'm sorry, Your Honor. I fell asleep in the sun reading the latest, <laughs> you know, Supreme that's, Court that's thing. Yeah, you're very right. That It's very easy to brush that off uh, as just falling asleep in the sun. Yeah. Yep. And he's, you know, he's a calm man. Um, but that's it. That was the end of the episode. This was freaking awesome. I, I mean, really, I just, I, I, I want to watch it again and again because the shots were incredible. There was so much resonance with what we've been seeing this season. Um, but they were able to do it in what essentially was like a bottle episode. Like I'm saying a bottle episode in the desert, really between mostly between Mike and Jimmy. And I think it's kind of cool that that's always how the show has been, right? Like the Mike side, the Jimmy and Kim side, and now it's coming together. And when it really, really comes together, it comes together and we get, and they're just, they, they're great together. Yes, they are great together. And I know it's just a matter of them finding a way for them to organically get together. So glad they found that. Yeah. It's been a, a few seasons. Yeah, me too. All right. You have anything else you wanted to share? Um, No, I don't think so. All right. Well, it's been a great episode. Thanks again for coming on with me. I uh, just want to tell everybody out there, of course, stay safe. Hope everybody's doing good. We send out the love and the good vibes. We appreciate the downloads. And we will be back next week and the week after for the final two episodes of Season 5 of Better Call Saul. Until then, peace out.